Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Hordell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? NBA is back, Chris. Uh, everything's coming back, right right on schedule. we got college football S- playoffs. Sort of on schedule, and the NBA was supposed to come back a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah but they just wrapped up. Nah, sure, now sure, they're sure. back. Also, the Brooklyn Nets are your, are your 20... I don't want to hear a word. I'm, 2021 I'm go- Don't NBA say, I'm, do not say a word. I know that there's a game going on right now. I am going to go watch the uh, the Golden State Warriors Brooklyn Nets game in its entirety once I finish recording this. I will not spoil. Thank you. Just for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And also, <laughs> you know, it's not really interesting because the listeners already know what happened. Yeah, true. But we had that whole Des Bryant thing a few weeks ago. We saw how that worked out. He threw uh, up the well, X. That was, yeah, that was just fascinating. He threw up the X, Chris. He fi- he's finally back. Des is Des is back to his old form. Just oh, but much, I, I thought much he was slower. quitting again. I, he talked about retiring. Instead, he just drank some <laughs> wine about it, and you know, now he's good. Well, we do have a lot to talk about. I've got the lines open at Bavada Sportsbook. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk. Ba- I want to talk a lot about basketball. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up right away. But Greg, before we get to that, I want to talk about a, a little new program that we've talked about before, and that's called Better's Delight. Available on Underdog Podcasts right now. You guys are recording your third episode this week. How's it going so far? It's good, man. It's good. It's it's fun and interesting to finally do a podcast with with my brothers, and then you throw in my cousin in there. It's an idea that we tossed around a few years ago, and certain people dragged their feet, mm-hmm. not naming names. Um, but it, plus, uh, Mikey wasn't available yet. That's true. That is true, and he's extremely valuable to the to the, the, the listenership. But yeah, we basically just like take a look at the weekend. We we break down where we are going to place our, our, our bets. And the thing with that is like, we're not, we're not insiders. We're not those, we're not, we're not the guys getting inside tips. We, we know what we like and it's, I'm not going to lie. This past weekend, your boy was hot. He was very hot. Uh, not so hot in the NFL, <clears throat> but very hot in the UFC. We talk about college football. We're going to break down this week, uh, the NBA games on Christmas day. We <clears throat> are, we're very excited for the show to launch and, and we can't wait. Well, you don't have to because it's already available. As I mentioned, you guys are recording <laughs> episode three this week. I would really, you know, I anybody who's listened to me do shows has listened to me show for innumerable things. Uh, some of them good, some of them not. But I'm not getting paid for this one in this particular endorsement. And I will tell you that this is a really good show. Like, I, I mean, I'm very biased because uh, you guys are, are friends of mine. But except for Mark, who I don't care for. <laughs> uh, I really like it, man. I, I really dig the show. I've I've enjoyed both episodes so far, and it's it. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, as you can imagine, in the position that I'm in, having to edit all the stuff uh, that we do and having to deal with all the stuff on the network. This is one of the very, very, very few podcasts that I listen to every week, and I, I'm really digging it so far. So uh, keep up the good work, my friend. Yeah, man. The, the, the thing about it is it's four guys who have known each other literally their entire life. And like you can't 
you, you can't just like build chemistry like that. So that's what makes it easy to do. It makes it fun to do. We argue, we yell, we crack jokes on each other, and we're enjoying it for sure. Exactly what it should be. And remind me after we're done that I have a, I have an idea that I think maybe is an interesting thing to employ. And we can talk about that, but it's a, it's a talk about it off the air kind of thing. Oh, and a little uh, NFA, not for Oh, air. yeah. It's, uh, it's real exciting. But let's backroom talk basketball. Deals. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> you, yeah, you know. It's, <laughs> it is nothing but backroom deer, deer, deers. <laughs> it is nothing but backroom deers, which is when a deer breaks into the backroom of your house uh, on the program. So, yeah, no. All nonsense is what I'm saying. But let's, let's talk National Basketball Association, as let's I mentioned. I've got Bavada open in front of me. We have uh, there's a, a lot of interesting futures, and I think that's that's the direction to look at right now. You know, you mentioned those uh, those Brooklyn Nets, your NBA champions. Let's talk <laughs> about the the Atlantic Division winner at Bavada. The Brooklyn Nets, the favorite at plus one sixty. The Boston Celtics plus two fifty. The Seventy Sixers plus three thirty three. Raptors plus four hundred, and the Knicks plus twenty thousand. Where would you go here? To me, of the very limited viewing I've gotten of the first half of the game that's currently going on, mm-hmm. I mean the Brooklyn and Nets. And you'll just, answer this without spoilers. Yeah, exactly. The Brooklyn Nets <laughs> are just very, very good, and I don't know how other teams in the Atlantic are going to be able to match up with with them. I think people forgot how good Kevin Durant is, and that's mm-hmm. not a spoiler to this game. It's just more of an overall observation of. Kevin Durant as a whole, and I think people kind of forgot that he was yeah. eventually going to come back, and he's arguably a top 10 player all time in the NBA, or will be by the time his career ends. Um, it's it's going to be a very long season for, for people who were used to the Nets being the laughing stock or the butt of the joke in the Eastern Conference. I think, I think they're going to be pretty, pretty good, and I, that's the money has to go there this right now. Like with the Durant thing, I do think it's interesting because he probably became a little underrated by going to Golden State and sharing the spotlight with Clay, with Draymond, with Steph. This is, I mean, the elite of the elite players in the NBA, and I guess we're we're gonna get the opportunity to see him be the Batman with uh, with uh, Kyrie as his Robin this year, rather than I don't. I mean, I get were they all trying to be Batman? Where he was the, he was the Clooney Batman and. Steph, Steph was Kilmer. They were the three amigos, Chris. They were they were Steve Martin. They were Chevy Chase. They were Martin Short. They were they were the three amigos out there. That's what it was. More of a planes, trains, and automobiles type situation. Where, <laughs> quite frankly, but yeah, I'm I'm surprised that lasted as long as it did because it seems like Draymond and and uh, and Kevin really didn't like each other for quite a while. But you know, yeah, I guess yeah, I, but I guess that. Talent overwhelms. Was was that overhyped? Like there was that one. I don't argument. think so. I really don't think so. You really think? I, that... I think they genuinely don't like each other. Yeah, but see, but I think that with a lot of guys who are on the same team, and then like the first time they play, they're just dapping it up. They're laughing. They're yeah. yeah they're they're all having a good time. I I don't know. And maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Draymond Green doesn't seem like the most likable person off the court. Like no, in the locker he's, room, he's a uh, he's Kevin Garnett to me. He's the guy where if he's on your team, you probably like him. If he is not on your team, he is one of your least favorite people in the NBA. I could see that. I could definitely see that. He's a guy who talks a lot. If only he had more, I don't know, offensive talent mm-hmm. uh, like KG. Like 
that wow. that that's a, t- a, a tough part for me to compare him to him. But from a trash talking standpoint, and like uh, give it everything you have every time you go out there, I could see that comparison. What do you think? So obviously, you think the Nets look really good right now. Do you think they should abandon any pursuit of James Harden because it does feel like you're really messing with fate if you add another ball dominant player to this lineup. I just don't see the reasoning for it. Like, I guess you get the allure of the big three. Yeah. You got to get a big three. Everybody's got to have a big three. It's got to be three superstars. I mean, let's look at that Lakers team last year. That's a big two. It's AD. Well, it's that's LeBron. a real big two though. Sure. Of course it is. But, but like, you don't think Kyrie and KD is a big two as no. well? No, it's not, Ky- it's not. Kyrie is not in the, on the same level as as LeBron James or Anthony Davis. No, but Kyrie's a top twenty player in this league, if not top fifteen. I think again, feels right to me. I think again, there is there's this weird stink on Kyrie because of what went on in Boston, the weird lost year last year with the Nets, like. Kyrie was an integral, integral part in LeBroning that Cleveland team that won a title. Now, he's a crazy person. Yes. So, like, that certainly plays into it. I think I think taking a guy like James Harden and throwing him into that team of guys who who create better when the ball's in their hands. Like, oh, the, yeah. issues that, the issues that Kyrie ran into in Boston was – the offense wasn't running through him at a certain point. It was getting more move to Tatum. It was getting looks to um, not Hayward because he his foot fell off. It was uh, <laughs> it was running the Jaylen, ball. Jalen Brown, yes, yeah, Jalen Brown, getting them involved and and it wasn't it wasn't Kyrie on the Cavs where let him create and right. the guys that he had in Boston aren't on the level of LeBron and and Kevin Love. So you're relying on guys who have less talent than the guys that you were just with in your original big three and this other big three, and he just he just hit a point where he like clearly didn't care, didn't want to be there. He's fighting with everybody, um, but even then, those guys see each other in preseason games and they're hugging. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what to believe. I don't know who hates who. It all seems very media hypeish. I do kind of miss the good old days of the NBA, and uh, I've talked about this ad nauseum. Back when back when Talisman the Association was active, I miss the days when like guys wouldn't spend time with each other off the court, and they genuinely hated their rivals. It was it was not a fake thing manufactured for ratings. It it was not oh let's go out and party the night before and then we'll play. It was I detest you, and if I see you, I will throw a punch. Yeah, but you see, like there there were definitely guys like that, but. But there was also back, not back room. I almost said it again. There were also guys who were friends. I mean, uh, of course there were, but it wasn't you, nearly as commonplace. This is this is a this is because of the AAU culture, and all these guys have played together a million times throughout the their amateur careers. Was it not as commonplace, or and I do agree, the AAU culture does change things. Was it a, was it not as commonplace, or we didn't see it as much because of social media? Like, if you watch The Last Dance and they talk about, uh, I think it was the Suns series, and uh, Jordan's playing golf with Danny mm. Ainge. Yeah, right? that's not, true. Yeah, so, like, like it might, it might, actually, it must have been the Celtics series, thinking Danny yeah, Ainge. Yeah, it was. So, but, like, those are the kind of things where you look at that and you're like, are we just not getting it? We, we, we get it in our face every day. Like, every day with social media, 
Um, we know these kids since, like, we've known Zion since he was 12. We've, we've known LeBron mm. since he was 15 years old. Like, <laughs> him and Carmelo played against each other in high school I've on television. I've watched that game. Yeah, I've yeah. watched that game. Like, like, we see that kind of stuff. And, of course, they're eventually going to be friendly. Like, I'm sh- there are definitely rivalries. There isn't as many of them because it's hard to, to hate. the Like, you can't hate somebody you've literally spent 15 years with. Like, that's hard to do. Just because they, just because you play them in a basketball game. What really yeah. is the, the the issue that you run into is when guys choose to go play with other people. And it started with LeBron. And it probably started before that with other teams. And I'm just not thinking of it. But the most mm-hmm. high profile one is the decision: Wade and Bosh, we're going to go there. Then it triggers KD uh, to, Golden, to State. Golden State. Then eventually you get Paul George to. The Clippers, that didn't work out as much. Can, but like, can we talk about that for a second? Oh, yes, absolutely. Can, can we talk? Let's let's jump over uh, and let's jump over and talk about the Pacific Division. The 2020-2021 uh, Pacific Division winner over at Bavada. They have the Lakers minus 140 as the favorites. The Clippers plus 145. The Warriors plus 13. The Suns plus 25. And the uh, the Kings uh, 2,500, the Kings plus 15,000. Okay. Uh, I think we, we both agree that this is probably the Lakers here, but I want to talk about this Clippers team because the Kawhi Leonard situation is a really interesting one. Kawhi came out the other day and basically said, I'm going to wait and see what happens in terms of a contract extension. I have seen this before, and I'm going to say this right now. Kawhi Leonard is preparing to leave the Clippers this offseason. Wow. It's bold. It's definitely it's, bold. It's not bold. I, we can go back. And I saw Kevin Durant say a very similar thing about whether or not he was going to resign and what was going to happen. And everybody said, it's crazy. He's not leaving. He's not going anywhere. And I said, he's going to sign with the Warriors. There's. You can look at this tweet. Me and, me and Mario Hines have a tweet uh, about specifically this in our histories. Uh Kawhi Leonard is leaving the Clippers. I don't think he likes Paul George. I don't think he likes what's going on there. I don't think he likes being at home as much as he thought he would. Kawhi Leonard will be playing with somebody else next year. Well, Kawhi, I have an I have an offering for you, please. I'm not interested. Oh, what? Why? I hate that guy so much. Yeah, you like you you talk about not liking James Harden and not wanting to sacrifice everything for him. I just, I, if we have to go all in for one of these guys, I don't want somebody who's so unlikable. I like, it would be so hard to root for Harden. It's so hard to root for Kawhi. Like, he's just not great human beings. I would root so hard for Kawhi. It would be awesome. I don't know what makes Kawhi. At the expense of Ben Simmons? I, I, no. no one, there is no one in the league worth trading Ben Simmons for, except for maybe what? AD. That's maybe the only person well, I consider. Well, you can't pair him with Embiid, though. Well, of course, but Embiid, Embiid's like four years away from being out of the league. Let, so, let's not kid ourselves. You you trade Ben Simmons. You say nobody in the league, but this is that's hyperbole at best. I, I mean, ben, if, if if somebody offers me, you know, Giannis, Luca, <laughs> uh, Damian Lillard, like, sorry, Ben, I like you, but. I will drive you to your new destination. Yeah, Giannis never accomplished anything as a team. Super good individual. Are you kidding guy. that you would super, not trade Ben Simmons good, for Giannis? Super. Giannis is basically what we all hope Ben Simmons could be. What a guy who shoots poorly from the outside, but I can get to the basket. 
Uh, I mean, uh, how about... That's exactly what I want Ben Simmons to be. You're right. How about a super young MVP who carried his team uh, and put up unbelievable... second round losses every single year. Are you legitimately telling me you would not trade Ben Simmons for Giannis? No, I probably would. There's very few people. There's very few. Giannis averaged 30 points, 13 rebounds, and five and a half assists a game last year with a steal and a block. Yeah, I wouldn't trade. I would trade Ben. I would trade Ben Simmons for Giannis, straight up. Fine. Okay, Luca. Eh, let's see how he does this year. Oh, yes, I think you're. Pr- I think probably. Okay, Lillard. <laughs> no, no. Oh, I'm I good. would. Thanks. I would. I I think I, Lillard and Embiid pair so well together. I, sure, I guess that's fine. But like, it's not like Lillard hasn't had talent around him. Like that's that's the thing. I mean, has, who's the the best talent he's had around him is what is CJ McCollum, and they play the same position. Uh, what? Who's the big guy? Who's the big guy that missed most the last? Are year? Are you really pointing life? to Yosef Yosef Nurkic as the talent that Lillard had around him? Dude, Nurkic was fine the year before. He was fine. That's hey, it. Listen, listen, the Blazers to me, the Blazers to me are very good. Dame is very good. They are my go-to. Two-star team or a four-four-star team in two K because they're the best of the second-tier teams. Like that is that's where I'm at with the with the Blazers. Oh. I, I enjoy them. I like them. I don't know if I would trade Ben Simmons for Dame Lillard. Where they're at in their career currently. Okay. Um. You said you put, you would trade him for Anthony Davis. Would you, you trade him for Kawhi? No. Okay. I, I probably I don't- wouldn't. Butler's Butler's too old. We, we certainly know your take on Harden. Do yeah. you trade him? Do you trade him for Tatum? Mm. Now that's intriguing. Mm-hmm. The only question there is with Tatum is we really haven't seen him without a premier point guard. Like sure, Kemba's been hurt, Kyrie missed time, and things like that. Um, but like we haven't missed, we haven't seen enough Tatum where he has to be sort of the everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't, th- I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would. I, I really don't. This is going to be this. This year is the big test for Tatum, right? Because you don't have Kyrie, you don't have Hayward. You're going to be missing Kemba for at least a little bit at the beginning of the season. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what Boston's going to look like. You know, six weeks into the season. Yeah, I don't. Luca, I I don't I don't see a scenario I wouldn't trade him for Luca, and I guess the only other guy in the conversation is Zion, but he's nah. so similar to Ben in that you really need the right team around him in order to uh, to maximize his abilities. And I'm just I'm terrified of him staying healthy long term because it doesn't seem like he lost any weight. So so man. so let me ask you a question, right? Yeah. So you're so concerned about Zion's weight, but you have a center. In your city, well, in this mm-hmm. city, whatever, who is consistently out of shape, consistently injured, a guy well, I, who... I don't who, understand guy, what point you you're trying want, to make. You want to trade... No, you want to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden to pair him with a guy that can never get through a season or doesn't take it seriously and isn't in shape. And every offseason, we have to have a conversation about, Man, I, I'm dedicated this year. I'm, I'm going to be in shape now. So like I mean, that's the first that of all make sense. the notion that Joel Embiid's not in shape is a crazy. You know notion. what I mean? It, is he? Is he? Would it be better if uh, the, from the okay? I'm really trying to phrase this right. 
From the outside, as a fan, does it seem like if he lost a little bit of weight, that would be beneficial for him? Yes, it does. I do wonder if at that point he loses the physical advantage that he has that makes him such an extraordinary talent and makes him so useful in the paint. I I don't know. That's hard, man. There is ways to figure that out, though. Like, there are strength and conditioning coaches for a reason. Like, where you can lose the weight but still maintain that power and that muscle but be swifter and not be carrying as heavy. Like, it's, it's, it's tough, and you have to be dedicated to trying and doing it and I don't know why we have the conversation every year. So now, but but if, let's let's get this on the record here. When you say we have the conversation every you. year, you are not talking about the, you and I because no, I have thinks. long been a proponent that Joel Embiid needs to lose a little bit of weight, or at least should lose a little bit of weight. The the fan base, the diehard uh, Embiiders, that's yeah. what I'm going to call them. Where literally Embiid's the best player in the league. He's the guy who, like, he's the center and focus of this team, yada, 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 which is, I mean, it's fine to have that opinion, but I need mm-hmm. I need something more than being like, could you imagine James Harden and Embiid or Dame and Embiid? Like, you are going to mortgage a guy who was the number one pick overall that you are mm-hmm. going to get rid of him who's still developing, first-time All-Star, all this stuff. Not like, a first-time All-Star, but I know what you're saying. Uh Ben, first-time All-Star last year, right? I believe last year was second second year he made the All-Star huh. team. I thought it was him and Ingram both were first. I, I, either way, first, second team, doesn't matter. Um, but you're going to get rid of that guy to pair with a guy who— Second-time All-Star. Yeah, huh, go ahead. All right, good work. Um, to pair with a guy who, like, potentially could break down at any moment. Like, I don't—to mm-hmm. me— to me, that is where I worry about doing something as drastic as trading Ben. I do like the fact that Maury keeps saying we're not trading Ben. Then it yeah. scares me that he's saying it too much that Ben's definitely going to get traded. No, I don't, I don't read it that way. I really don't. I read it as this is me supporting my guy. And let's not forget, you know, Doc had the chance to go coach James Harden, and he did not take it. He did not want it. Yeah, He came, I, he, he came here because of Ben and Joel. Maury... Same situation. He was there with Harden. Now he left to coach Ben and Joel. I don't. I don't see a scenario where they're going to trade him. Uh, but I do think there's a legitimate concern when you talk about a player who's still developing. Ben's not 21 anymore, and there. I think there is a realistic chance that we're seeing close to his ceiling. And if he doesn't improve his shot, which we don't know if he will or won't. We know that, I mean, I guess he took a three in that preseason game, but if he doesn't improve his shot and he doesn't, more importantly, I would argue, improve his touch at the basket, which is borderline horrible for a 6'10", 240-pound giant gazelle, then he probably is close to his ceiling. And that's a, it's a very good ceiling. It's, you know, he's third-team All-NBA. It means he's one of the 15 best players in the NBA. Uh, he's an All-Star. He is first-team All-Defense. Useful, useful player. But I think we have to get out of our heads that there is so much untapped potential when he might be getting close to what he's going to be. Sure. No. And that's a very real possibility. And those are the kind of things as a GM you have to weigh. Like, but to me, not having another coach make a run at with Ben mm-hmm. and see what he can get out of him would be irresponsible as a franchise. And not and not seeing what these two can do together under another system, we languished and just 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 ugh, under Brett Brown, just like 
it, it was so old by the end of it. There was no direction. Like, and I know everybody loves Brett Brown and yada yada yada. Whatever. Like to me, to me, the fan base. Honestly, I'm beginning to think the entire city's fan base for every team is just delusional to what actually goes on in a thousand percent. Sports. Like they are, they are blind to what goes on in in this city with, with sports teams. That that applies not only to Philadelphia fans. Maybe, and we say this both as Philadelphia fans. Maybe sure. they they embody it a little bit more than some other places. But I think that applies to pretty much every fan base. If you go on any other team's Reddit when you know they have a guy available for trade, look at the look at the Rockets fans right now. Like I read a po- I read a post on the Rockets Reddit the other day where they were suggesting that they were going to get uh, Michael Porter Jr. and um, oh my god another really good oh Brandon Ingram they were going to get Brandon Ingram and Michael Porter Jr. in a three way trade for James Harden. Oh, well, I mean, honestly, sign me up. Um, yeah, hundred percent. If you're the Rockets, you do yeah, that yesterday. Like. <laughs> What? It's just not. It's not realistic. It's just and bizarre. Look, 76ers fans, look, they were like, "Oh, we could trade Al Horford for an actual valuable piece, or Tobias Harris can be the biggest piece in James Harden trade." I, I, look, I I say James Harden's uh, Tobias Harris is the best player. I'm willing to give up in a James Harden trade. That doesn't mean the Rockets should make that deal. I know, not even a little bit. I don't know. The Sixers annoy me. I guess we'll find out tomorrow what 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 this season's going to be, whether it's misery or awesomeness. Pro- my not- guess. We're not going to find out tomorrow. That's crazy. I'm going to make my determination tomorrow, but that's just... I, I know you will. Before the end of the first <laughs> quarter, let's talk about uh, the division I think is the most interesting, and that's the Northwest Division. This is a division with a bunch of really good teams, a bunch of teams that have a legitimate chance to win this thing. Over at Bavada, they have the Nuggets even as the favorites, the Jazz plus 200, uh, the Blazers plus 300, and that's kind of where it ends. The, you then jump to the T-Wolves at plus 55 and the Thunder at plus 12.5. What do we think of this Nuggets-Jazz-Blazers uh, trio at the top? I like the Blazers. I just – I like – like I, I know I just spent like five minutes yelling about how I wouldn't trade Ben Simmons for Dame Lillard. Uh-huh. But I think I think that's the best team in that, in that triumvirate, right? I, I don't – like – they dealt with a lot of injuries last year, and obviously, like the bubble situation, they had to fight their way to a play-in game, etc. They, I think, they did win the play-in game, and then they got housed yep. by the Lakers. Um, but the, like, that's a team that doesn't give up in most situations. Uh, and I think if they if they're fully healthy, and you added, ugh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. You hmm. added Robert Covington to the mm-hmm. mix, and he's going to help out there, even though he's overvalued. God, um, I've never I, been happier in my I, life. I'm sure you haven't. Uh, but he's going to really make a difference for that team from a defensive standpoint, something mm-hmm. that they didn't have. Yeah, he, they didn't, Robert Covington, game changer. We agree. I, I didn't. Oh, God damn it! I for him. You forced my hand with this situation. I have no. I have no options. I can't. I can't do anything. No options um, but to tell the truth, Greg. Uh, no, never. Um, the it. The Jazz are just the Jazz. Like I don't yeah. know. I thought I thought Mike Conley was going to make a huge difference there last year, and he like kind of did, but then he was super disappointing, and then he was hurt. Like I don't, I don't know. They just maxed out Rudy Gobert. Now we're yeah. now we're just sitting with two guys with major money that are just kind of like like Donovan Mitchell's fine, but then he goes on he goes on streaks where he's just like flat out like almost unplayable. Where he's shooting like 
terrible percentage wise. I don't know. It, it, to mm-hmm. me, they don't they don't fit me. They don't fit the bill for me in this case. And Denver's great. Jamal Murray was one of the funnest people to watch in the bubble. Like they were so much fun. Uh, you talk about you know Michael Porter Jr. Obviously for them coming off the bench. Like there's there's a lot to be like excited about if you're a Denver Nuggets fan. I just I don't know like can Murray maintain the level of play that he was at in the bubble over a longer sustained period of time for a full season. Like that is that is the the thing that you have to see as we go. Yeah, Conley a really interesting situation didn't didn't really mesh immediately with that team in Utah, but obviously extenuating circumstances last yeah. season slash this season that just ended. So you know, we'll give it another year. He has to bounce back, though. If if this team wants to take the next step, Mike Conley needs to be closer to that. Like, you know, he's probably not a twenty point guy in Utah, but he needs to be in that eighteen range. He needs to be shooting around forty percent from three, playing good defense, making smart decisions. Um, the last thing I want to hit on is championship odds, and I, you know, the top is the top is what it is, and we've we've seen these numbers at Pavada time and time again. What I want to talk about are a little bit lower uh, lower on the list. Let's take take the Lakers out of it. They're the favorites plus, at plus 190. As they should be. Take the Nets out of it. They're next at 600. The Bucks at 600. The Clippers at 650. The Celtics at uh, 1600. The 76ers at 1800. Heat at 1800. I want to take those top seven out of it. And I want to look at... And we'll take the Warriors out of it too just for... for uh, Symmetry here. We're gonna go plus two thousand at Bavada or lower in, in terms of who we think the best uh, best chances for one of these teams to win the championship. And as always, I am gonna ask you to step up to the plate and wager the college money of one of your daughters. In this case, we'll go Grace. So mm. good good luck, Grace. Um, <laughs> uh, so your your bets here, uh, the Nuggets. The Mavericks, the Raptors, the Blazers, the Rockets, the Suns, the Jazz, and so on, the Pelicans, and so on. Where's your money going? Plus two thousand or higher odds at Bavada. I mean, I love the Mavericks. Like, I think that's got to be the play. Luca's only gonna get better, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he's he's one of like the four guys I'm willing to trade Ben Simmons for in the entire league. Like so, obviously he's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think another year with Porzingis mixed in, like Luca showed in those playoff games. Like even though they they eventually got, you know, taken out. Like he is for real, for real. That three yeah. he hit, the buzzer beater was wild. Like he he is for real. Like more than anybody else in that draft class, I think that I think that he he like the. He's going to take another step, and we're going to be like, where can he even go from here? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and I like I, that Luca doesn't feel like he has to get in shape either. Yeah, like he just he's, he's just like whatever, just whatever. Yeah, he's just playing. Like he doesn't care. He's eating a cheeseburger, smoking a cigarette pregame, <laughs> and just it, it's that it's the Eastern European thing, man. I've seen yeah. it. Uh, being growing up in a, 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 with a lot of Eastern European people around me. Uh, I, I, I know what, I know these people, they, there's, there's not, you know, we're not in the, we're not, we don't have to hit the gym six. I should, they didn't have to, <laughs> I was not one of the lucky ones. Um, but like, he's just, he's just out there living like 
going to play basketball. I'm going to be the best player in, on the Mavericks. I'm probably going to win the MVP award of the NBA at 20 years old. Yeah. And that's just, you know, that's just going to be the case. Just show up and flirt with a quadruple double. Yeah, just like accidentally. So you're going Mavericks here? I think I have to. I think okay. I think they're the best option. I considered the Suns. I considered oh, wow. the Suns. So you only, buy the CP3 edition. I, I, re, I, I do. I think what their young guys got out of the bubble experience. Now, I again, I'm putting a lot into the bubble, but that's because it's the last time we saw any of these guys play basketball, really. Right. And it was like these. two months ago. Yeah, exactly. I think that giving Devin Booker another legitimate threat on offense can only go up, right? The Rubio thing we thought was going to be good. It was kind of bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you obviously still have DeAndre Ayton, who is phenomenal, right? Uh, yeah. When he's out there. Phenomenal, he's not- feels, the phenomenal feels like a little bit of an overstatement, but he, he's certainly a good basketball player. Sure. Okay. I'll, I'll concede the phenomenal, and I'll go with adequate. Um, Another point for me. Huge step down. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where I think they got a lot out of that bubble experience. That now they're going to come in and, and have a real veteran presence. Like Chris mm-hmm. Paul, despite never winning a championship, despite like those kind of accolades, is by far and away one of the most like like respected guys in the NBA by the other players. And I think that's yeah. going to go a long way with this team. And his veteran leadership is going to almost, well, he's going to try to change the culture of that team. The Suns have just been like the bumbling Suns for as long as I can remember. Like, I legitimately can't remember. I think the last time the Suns made the, the playoffs was like the 94 final against can Jordan. I, I have concerns, though. Like, some players are just better with the basketball. I'm going to use me as an example here. Mm. When I have the basketball... I'm a completely different player than when I, I'm trying to play in an offense without the basketball. At least I was when I used to play basketball. Um, and I just, you're more into the game. You're sort of more locked in. You're paying more attention. You're giving more effort on both sides. And I do wonder if Booker is one of those guys who he's just so much better when he has the ball than when he's trying to run to a spot and figure out how to get his. Well, I hear you, but I think... I think that that's going to that that's where it comes down to coaching, right? It's the yeah. it's the reason why I complain so much about Brett Brown. It always felt like there was never a plan. If the coach comes in and it feels like there's no plan to get Devin Booker the ball to a- actively run the offense through him while also using CP3 as a threat and allowing him to score as well. Like if you don't have that in the game plan, it's going to fail. You can't just be like, man, we don't even run plays, dude. We just like come down. Like we right. set a pick. We set a pick, maybe. That's what that's what Brett Brown's offense felt like. What that's is a pick what, and roll? That's what I'm afraid the Doc Rivers version of the offense is going to look like as well. That's what I think Nets fans have to be worried about with Steve Nash. Like, oh no, that's it, an ISO. That's just that's give Kevin and Kyrie the ball. There's yeah, no doubt like, about that. Like that is the t- that that's the type of stuff where you have to worry about it. So you need to have something in place how you're going to distribute this ball and make sure that Devin Booker can't get lost in the shuffle of trying to get an open corner three while running through a pick set by. Uh, uh, how about uh, first round Bridges. pick Jalen Smith? Mm, sure. That works. I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, I'm super hyped to have the NBA back. It's crazy. It's exciting. 
it's crazy it's already back. It's also crazy that we're in week 16 of the NFL season. That doesn't feel right. Hockey allegedly has a date. We're talking about January 13th. Oh, baseball yeah, baseball is temporarily 100 days away, though I would expect that that date is probably going to change before we get there. A lot going on. Let's just uh, all stay safe and uh, make sure we can keep playing. That's all I ask. It's, yep. It is this most happiest of seasons uh, and... You know, a big happy holidays from uh, everybody at Underdog to all of you guys listening. We don't say it enough, but couldn't uh, do it without them. Couldn't, couldn't do it without them. Yeah, I just uh, how much it means like so it, <laughs> so articulate. It means so much to us that you guys have any interest in listening to us babble on week in week out. Like Greg <laughs> said, we we couldn't I- do it without any of you. I literally, I'm sitting in the dark in my kitchen getting to talk about sports because of you guys. It's, it's a lot of fun and I really, really enjoy it, but it's, it's very fun. I sit with no lights on the Christmas trees on. I'm staring out my back porch. It's a, it's, 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 this is the dream. Yeah. And you know, there's a, there's a very real scenario where we get to do this together in the, in studio and not too long from now. And that'll be incredibly fun. It's good times, man. It's and we appreciate so much everybody for listening. We thank you so much, and we wish you the happiest of holidays. I thought you would say yeah, but I apparently care more about the listeners than you do. From <laughs> all right, that is it for this week. For Greg Crone, who hates you all, uh, <laughs> and me, Chris Ordell, who couldn't appreciate you more. This has been you're wrong, and here's why. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.